praise the Lord. Oh, welcome us today to the Pentecostals of Madison. We are glad to be in his house. We've been singing about, glad he lifted us up, and we're glad we see what he's done in our life, and I think every one of us probably can testify where God has did something in our life, and how God has used, you did things through us, and we all have a testimony today, and today, and that's, today I feel like, you know, in life, you know, sometimes we feel like we have something to, sometimes we don't feel like we don't have something to worship him for, but but we look back in our testimonies, we see where he brought us from, we can see where God is going with us in our life. Today, if you will, join me in Acts chapter 8 and verse 3. I'm going to read one verse, and it's probably not going to make much sense kind of where I'm going today, but just kind of somewhere probably, probably I never had it preached from this part of Paul's life, but, but I just wanted to share something today. In Acts chapter 8, verse 3, the Bible says, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, and committed them to prison. If you will join me today, right now in prayer, Lord, I ask you right now, Lord, Lord, I ask you to minister to me today, Lord Jesus, that I can share this word, Lord Jesus, like you laid it onto my heart, Lord Jesus. I ask you to minister to this this group that's in front of me today, Lord Jesus. I ask you to minister to each one today, and allow your presence right now, Lord Jesus, to flow through, Lord Jesus, through this message, Lord Jesus, and allow the, the, the earthly vessel, Lord Jesus, speak these words, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I ask you to anoint, Lord Jesus, as this word goes forth, Lord Jesus, to the, to the ones that hear us, Lord Jesus. And allow us to leave here today a little closer to you, Lord Jesus, than we are when we came, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, we look at we look at Paul's life, and we look at you know we look at Saul. At the invention, it was you know it was talking about Saul, and where we find Saul is, is you know here in this scripture I read, you know, in verse three of chapter eight. Later, we find where the conversion of Paul. But yeah. when we look at Saul's life, you know, Saul was wreaking havoc of the church yes, before his conversion. Here he was, you know, he had his passion was. And he thought he was doing everything right. He thought he was doing what, what even what God wanted him to do. That's right. And here, here, but he he was doing everything he did. He did it with full passion, and he was he was reaching for he was doing it with full heartedly everything he done, that's right. even though he was going in the wrong direction. Right. Amen. And that's the point I wanted to bring out of this scripture is he was going in the wrong direction, but he was doing with it with everything. He was he was throwing it all at it, and you know when we look at Paul's life, when we look at him when after his conversion, we look at Paul's life, and and he he, he lived for God just like he lived for the world. Thank you, Jesus. And some of us, you know, and I can I can say for myself, I'm not going to talk for anybody else, but I can say for myself, when I was in the, I lived for I got my my conversion, my true conversion. I was, but when I, I lived for the world, when I lived for the world, I lived for the world. Yes, and so. So when we live for God, sometimes we have to, to do that. We have to, to be all in. Yes. And where our passion is. Today, my title of my message is, When Your Passion Meets God's Purpose. Yeah. Oh, Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, yes. do it 
with thy might. Yes. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. Right. Whither thou goest. We're all going to go to the grave. We're all got a limited time we're going to live on this earth. We all have a limited time to do God's work. And we must work while we still can. And I feel like today, you know, when we look at the scripture, when we get our passion, we get our passion where God's in God's purpose, we will find our way to work. When we combine them two, we will find our, our, our calling and find our device. But the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, he says, we must work while we still can. In the clinical world, compounds are created by mixing two different compounds, such as hydrogen and oxygen. You know, we mix hydrogen and oxygen, the right amount makes water. And so when we mix compounds together, many times mixing various compounds causes some amazing and some fantastic results. Yeah. In our lives, there are times when our careers, when our expertise meets some with an opportunity, this results in a a higher raise or higher pay in a job or sometimes even a promotion. When we find something we're good at yeah. or something that we're, 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 we're talented at and we find an opportunity, then we become well in our, in, in our career. When two people meet, they fall in love, and many times they result in a fantastic and amazing. When two things combine, yes. mm -hmm. we find results. Yes. But in our spiritual life, when our purpose meets our passion, the results is always electrifying. Yes. When, we, when we get our purpose and our passion together, Amen. when we get them where they meet, we will, we will be able to do what God calls us to do. Amen. First, I want to examine our purpose for just a minute. We have several purposes in this life. First and foremost, our first, our first purpose when we were created was to praise Him. The Bible tells us that he, in, he inhabits the praise of his people. And so today, you know, we, we, were, we were made, when he, he made us out of the clay, his design was is for us to praise him. The word praise is used over 250 times. And so I believe God, he was really want to push that. We praise him. He, want, he wants us to praise him. When we start praising God, we begin to break down our fleshly lives. We heard about that in our camp meeting Thank services this past week when, when we praise God. Yeah. That's why we have praise and worship beforehand. While Sister Donna was playing just a few minutes ago and we were singing, we were breaking down this world that we've been around. Yeah. Yeah. As we started lifting up praise to God, everything that had came against us before that point in life, it starts breaking down in our yeah. life. We start getting our connections with God. That's why we have to praise him because we live in the real world Amen. and we live in the things in this world that, that keeps trying to pulls us down. And today, when we start praising him, when we start reaching out to him, we start making that connection and it is imperative. We must praise him with everything in us. We can't praise him half-heartedly. He don't, he, don't, he don't want us to half-heartedly praise him. We have to praise him with everything in us. But there is more to why we live than just praise. That's right. We are called to fulfill the purpose of this That's life. Right. The purpose of this life is, is to serve God with whatever burden he has placed on your heart. That's right. And I believe every one of us has a calling. And if you've been around me very long at all, you know no matter how young or how old you are, 
I feel that you have a calling on your life. You, you have something that God has called you to do. Yes. You have a world, a world that is, you're called to reach. Yes. The worst thing we can do with God's calling is just to sit on it or just sit back and waste the opportunities he has in our life. Aside from being saved at all, there is not a worse place to be in life than to be in a place where we're wasting our opportunities that God is putting in our life. Or we're in a place where we're just sitting on what God has called us to do. Each of us has been called by God to serve a purpose in this kingdom. And each of us has been given different burdens and different directions in our lives that we are sense of the purpose we need to fulfill his, for His glory. So many times in life when we, we're not doing what we're purposely called to do, we're not happy. We try to feel that emptiness. We try to feel that with other things in this world. But we try to feel what God has put us. But what God has designed us, he has called us, each one, to do a certain job in his kingdom. And when we're not doing that job, we have, find ourselves having to fulfill that or try to put something else in its place to fulfill that purpose. There is a purpose that I have recognized in myself that I have yet fulfilled. And I believe that, I feel that today in that same sense, that same burning today in the hearts of everyone here today. The unobtained purpose in my personal fulfillment of the Great Commission. Matthew 28 19 is the, our, the Great Commission. And I believe we all can find ourselves here. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The Great Commission can be summed up in just the first three words of this verse. It says, Go ye therefore. And I believe every one of us here today are called to go ye therefore. And the next four words in this verse says, And teach all nations. And I believe, you know, you may say today, you may sit in front of me today, or you may say, Well, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a preacher. Then the scripture is not for me. This scripture is just for the ones that's preaching. And I'm here today to tell us it's not just for the one that stands behind a pulpit or it's not the one that stands in front of a classroom. This Bible says, Go ye therefore. So you go ye therefore into your world and you are to teach all nations. You're to teach the ones that's under your influence in your life. And how you say, well, I, I, How do I teach the people on my job? You teach them by every day walking that walk. Every day when you live your life, you teach people as an example of life how to live a life. And so our great commission to one, every one of us today is go ye therefore and teach whoever we come in contact with. So many times we're not relating passion. We're not relating passion into compassion. When our compassion meets our purpose, it reaches the lost and it will become compassion. When we, must, we must reach the lost with passion. The definition of, of passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. When we have passion for something, it's something we desire. Yeah. And then we have enthusiasm to make that happen. Yeah. It is the fuel that ignites the fire in our lives. Yeah. Passion is what drives us into doing the things that we do. That's right. It is what makes, makes moves ordinary people to do extraordinary things. By, there's a quote that says the strength of a man consists of him finding out the way God is going 
and he gets going in that, di in that direction. And so we must find the direction for God is going in our life. Yes. And then we must get going in that direction. My prayer is for my heart to be broken for things yes. that breaks the heart of God. Amen. And that should be everyone else, everyone's prayer. We should be finding what is what is what is the direction God is wanting for our life. Yes. And we must feel like getting going in that direction. We must feel like what's breaks God's heart in prayer. And it should break ours. The next step is passion without action is just a dream. It doesn't matter how much passion you have for something. I could have all the passion I want to play that piano. But if I don't put no action behind that, it's just a dream. Today, if you have, but if you have action on the flip side of that, if you have action, I can sit down behind that piano. And even though if I sit down, if I don't have the passion to come to play in it, or even if Sister Donna sits down behind that piano because she has talented, she can play that piano. But if she don't have the passion, all the action she plays, it'll become a drudgery in her life. And so it doesn't matter when we work for God. It doesn't matter. We can put all the action we want to in working for God. We can, we can show up every Sunday. We can, do, we can vacuum the carpet. We can work hard. It doesn't matter what we do for God. If we have a passion for His work, the action will not never become a drudgery. It will always become in our life. But if passion, when you have passion with action, it becomes a delight for you and for God. When we get that passion and that action with the right mixture in our life, we get to a point in life where we find ourselves in delightful. We, we, we enjoy what we do. And when we enjoy what we do when our passion is, is what we're, in what we're doing, we will enjoy it and it, we, we will not become a drudgery in our life. Jesus Christ was consumed with passion. When he walked on this earth in the flesh, he, had, he was consumed with passion. Jesus' passion is why he went to the cross for each one of us. Our efforts are useless unless we have the fire of his passion in it. It doesn't matter what we try to do. If we don't put his fire, the fire of his passion in what we do, we will not accomplish anything. William Booth, which is quoted, a quote from William Booth says, Some men's passion is for gold. Others' passion is for fame. But my passion is for lost souls. And I believe that's what I, today, I believe that's what we all should feel. We should all be in the same, same mode. You know, if some people have passion for money. And who don't like money? Who don't like a little bit of fame? You know, we all, we, we all kind of can brush us a little bit, you know. But our pa main passion should be for lost souls. Our passion has to be the same as Christ's passion. And that when we get our, our passion the same as Christ, it will be for lost souls. We need to lose the passion of flesh and change to the passion of Christ. It doesn't matter how bad we want to change our life. We have to change our, we will have to change our passion first. We can say, well, I want to change. I want to change my life. I want to, do, I want to go a different direction than yeah. the way I've went so long. I want to go this other direction. But if we don't change our passion or what we long for, we cannot change our direction. Right. A quote, someone, I heard this, and I, just, and I feel this so much strong to this. Somebody says, show me your passion, and I will show you in what direction you're heading. If you'll show me what your passion is, 
you will, you will go in that direction. Today I ask you, where is your passion? Is your passion on God, on living a godly life, or is it in the world? If your passion is in the world of sin, that is the direction your soul is headed. If your passion is in the things of God, your soul will be headed in the right direction. We are all in a battle today, in every day we live, of where our passion is headed, or where we're headed in life. Ephesians 6 and 12, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Every day we have a battle. And this battle is not with flesh and blood. This battle is with higher powers than that. And today there is a battle going on in everyone's life today. Under the sound of my voice, there is a battle going on even in this very service. Because there's people, the, the, the enemy is trying to battle our minds. He said, well, well let's just go this direction. Well, we just, we'll just endure this guy speaking just for a few more minutes and I can walk out of here. Yeah. But today there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on in, in our life. And victory is coming to the ones that will align their passion Amen. with God's purpose. Amen. We must, as Colossians 3 and 2 says, we must set our affections on things above and not on the things of this earth. Amen. Today, I believe we all stand at a door in our life. I believe we stand at a door of opportunity. And what we do right now in this time of uncertainty will determine what happens in the direction that we head. We find ourselves in a time of uh, so in uncertainty every day. Every day you, open, you turn on the news, you see something new and coming against Everything in life almost, you know, everything that we thought was sacred, everything we thought was okay, is, we find things just coming against that every day. And, but I believe we stand at a door, and I believe God is, is testing where our passion is, where our direction is, where are we leaning to today. And I believe through the things we see in just in the media, things we see in just in life today, I believe God is pushing us to see which way are we going to head, which way are we going to lean. You know, in the Bible it talks about a guy sitting in the window yeah. of the church, and he falls out of the church window and breaks his neck on the outside. And the, the moral of that story is which way was he leaning? That's right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Sometimes, you know, we find ourselves leaning in the wrong direction. Right. And sometimes we find ourselves leaning just too far at the wrong time. And that's where we find ourselves. Isaiah 55 and 8 tells us why so often we don't understand what God is doing in our life. Because right. the Bible says in 55 and 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, right. neither are your ways my ways, right. saith the Lord. The Lord, he tells us, he says, you know, reason sometimes you can't understand why we're going through this. And how many people in the last few months, it says, why are we going through this as a country? Why are we going down this road? Or why is the church facing all these obstacles? You know, here we thought the church was going good. Everything was going good. And we was collecting. And then all of a sudden, boom, this virus comes up. And we can't even, can't even assemble in the church house. And why we have as a church, if God is real, why are we facing these things? Because God says, my thoughts is not your thoughts. Amen. 
You're not seeing this like I'm seeing this. Your ways is not my ways. And so many times we find ourselves. Our limited understanding can easily, if not careful, lead us astray. Proverbs 16 and 25 says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And sometimes when we find ourselves looking at life, we're looking at our at crossroads in our life, and sometimes what seems to be right, well, I think I think we need to go this direction. Yeah. But so many times, if we're not careful, we'll go in the wrong direction. We'll go down the, we'll take the wrong fork at the road, because it seems right. It looks right through my eyes. But is it right with what God wants? And I believe everything that we do, we must, we must. She, get God to direct us. Yes. We must ask God to show us which way to go. When we choose to direct our lives according to what seems right to us, That's right. we will reap disaster. Yes, we will. Yes, when we do things what we think is right, and we leave God out of that equation, we will reap disaster. When we get to a place or in a circumstance that we don't understand, we have to trust God. And allow him to lead us and guide us. The consequences of our decisions has an eternal effect on our soul's destiny. Sometimes through every decision we make, we must not just take these decisions lightly. We can't we can't we can't just just say, Well, happen hand stance, well, whatever comes forth, I'm just gonna do it. It looks right, I'm just gonna do it. You know, there's an old saying in this country that says, if it feels right, just do it. And I believe that's where a lot of people in this world goes. If it just feels right or it looks right to them, they just do it. And I believe that sometimes that's what the scripture is saying. We must not allow on our flesh. We must not rely on our flesh to make some decisions. Because the decisions that we make when we're in the flesh are not going to be heavenly minded. They're not going to be on what God is doing. I, today I feel like we're living in the last days. And in what direction are we allowing our passions to carry us in? You know, it does matter. Yes, it does. it does matter what direction we, 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 we have a passion for. If we have a passion for things in this world, that is, like I said earlier, that is the direction we're going to go. Wherever you lean to, whatever you feel like is... Is your passion. That's what's going to go. Today, who is tired of going in the wrong direction? So many times in my life, I've found myself going in the wrong direction. And I'm ready to turn around. Just a few, well, it's been a few years ago. I've sent this a few years ago. I just want to share something in this. In a, don't be just kind of a carnal story. But not a carnal story, but it's just a story of that may have nothing to do with this. But I was when I was in high school, I played football. And just a, we played a football game on a Friday night in in the year of 1987, so it's just been a few years ago. But uh, I was a sophomore in high school, and we played us just about 50 miles west of here at a school, FAMU High School, and and their stadium, the name of their stadium was Bragg Stadium, and they did this chance things before the game and intimidated us, and that's just like the enemy. And, I, and I'm using I'm calling I'm not calling them Satan today. I, but these athletes, they were their opponents. And you hear the rest of the story, you may kind of feel like I did call them Satan. But anyway, they were, they were chanting this, nobody comes to Bragg Stadium. 
And so their, their, their chant was to intimidate. And that's what the enemy does. He uses intimidation. He uses intimidation to everything he does. And in that football game, the very first kickoff, the, the, team, uh, the team we were playing ran the first kickoff all the way back for a touchdown. And that's how the rest of the game went. They scored almost 70 points on us that night and in, in my sophomore year, and it was just like a, they just ran over us. We felt like at the end of that game, we felt like I have in sin sometimes. I felt beat down and ran over. And that's where I found myself in that life. But just two years later, when I was a senior in high school, I went back to that same field, and I took that, motiva that, that same chant that they did before the game. I took that as motivation. Here I was, just two years down the road, the same team was more physical. They were more, it was outnumbered. They were more physical, more, they were faster. They were the same as they was the two years prior. So the game kicked off, and I took that, that chant, I took that intimidation, I took it to, be a, to motivate me. And I had a passion that that was not going, same thing was not going to happen that happened two years earlier. As a senior, I was, I'm going to be a leader. The first offensive play that the opposite team got the ball, they ran it back for 70 yards for a touchdown. And here, here we were, but here we were in this, in this football game, almost replaying what happened two years earlier. But we stopped, and some of the senior leadership in that game stopped the whole team in a, in a huddle. And we said, we're not, we've been here. We've been knocked down. We've been ran over. We stayed, We was beat down last time we was here. We're not going to do that again. We were tired. We wasn't going to go back down that same road again. And at that point of the game, there was a switch in the game, and we came out and we won that football game that night. Even though we were outnumbered, outsized, and outspeed. But we came back and won that game because we had a passion that wasn't going to happen. Same thing wasn't going to happen that happened two years earlier. And today in our life, I feel like some people here today has been down this road. And they've been down this road and they've been beat down. And they've been through some things in this life, and, but we've got to get our passion yeah. connected with God's purpose. Yeah. When we get our purpose and our passion connected, we, God can pick us up. And we don't have to go back down that same road we went down before. I'm ready today to stand up and turn my passion completely toward God's purpose today. Yeah. Yeah. As I begin to close... I share that story. I hope I didn't get too carnal out of the will of God. But as I begin to close today, I ask us today, where is our passion directed? Is our passion directed in the right way? Allow us to connect with God and allow us to lead Him, let Him guide us and lead us in the direction we want to go. As we stand across here today, I ask us today to search in our hearts today and look and see where our passion is. Let us be, let God reach down in us and, and make sure our passion is directed towards Him. And our passion is not directed against the world. And going back down the same old road that we've been down before. I'm asking us today to reach back for God. And let's just, just make a commitment today that we in this service that we want to reach back and connect our passion with God's purpose and do what God has called us to do. Let us pray right now, Lord. I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch my life, Lord. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to minister to me today, Lord. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to allow my passion be connected with your purpose.